Since you enjoy this show, I thought I'd throw out there another podcast you might like. It's a show about the intersection of design, technology, and the creative process. It's the Design Better podcast. And in each episode, hosts Eli Woolery and Aaron Walter bring you conversations with inspiring creative thinkers like John Cleese and David Sedaris, people who bring design and technology together like Tony Fadal, co-inventor of the iPhone and the iPod. So far, some standout episodes for me have been when they talk to John Cleese of Monty Python about creativity. That is one of my favorite topics and one of my favorite people. Then also one of my favorite musicians, Tycho, about his creative process. And they talk with Seth Godin about how creativity is an act of generosity. I've always been fascinated by design, the creativity behind it, the implementation of it, both to improve our lives from a functionality and user interface standpoint, also from an artful bringing beauty into the world approach. So whether you're a design curious person like me or a design pro, Design Better is a great listen that inspires and informs. Subscribe to the Design Better podcast at designbetterpodcast.com or in your favorite podcast app like the one you're using right now. Welcome again to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher. This week, I have an awesome interview with Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income. He's going to talk to us a little bit about what passive income is, as well as how he does it smart. That's pretty basic, isn't it? No, what he's really going to talk about is what that is, as well as how he keeps his priority, his family, first in his hectic life schedule, especially with the addition of a newborn daughter. But first, I wanted to let you know that this week's episode is brought to you in part by GoToMeeting by Citrix. To be successful in business, you need to be able to meet with your team wherever they are, whenever you can, to discuss plans or share ideas. But often, people are not all in one place, and so you need to be able to do a face-to-face meeting, and that's not possible unless you're using GoToMeeting with HD Faces. GoToMeeting with HD Faces allows you to share the same screen and make it easier for you and your team to all be on the same page. You can connect with anyone from anywhere, and you can even use your iPad, iPhone, or even Android apps. You can have up to 15 people in a meeting, and up to 6 people can share their webcams at the same time. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. Don't wait. For this special offer, visit gotomeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. Be sure to use the promo code PODCAST. GoToMeeting. Meeting is believing. Well, it's my great pleasure. Start over. <laughs> Take two. Well, it's my great pleasure. <laughs> That's great. Dude, this has to go in the show now, like the, the bloopers. Yeah. All right. Take three. This is the privilege that I have to leave in my bloopers and introduce to you Pat Flynn. Welcome, Pat. Thank you for having me, Eric. Uh, I appreciate it. And first of all, before we say anything, I just want to say congrats to you and your podcast. It's awesome. I love seeing it in the top of the ranks. I'm sure it's going to stay there for a long time. 
when I keep getting awesome guests like you, I'm sure that'll happen. So thanks so much for the kind words. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. I wanted to have you on a long time ago. I just was trying to figure out what's the right angle. And then I suddenly realized, well, there's a ton of people out there who don't know what your three key words mean. And those three words are smart, passive, income. What is that? Well, first, let me talk about passive income, and then I'll go into the smart part of it. Well, passive income, uh, you know, there's a billion different definitions for it. You know, there's the investor's definition, there's a real estate definition. But I mean, for me and and, and sort of what I teach, I teach passive income as a way to build online businesses uh, in in a way that you can set them on autopilot, or or you know, basically creating systems of automation so you you can earn money without having to trade your time directly. For money, um, you know, the, you know, when we work nine to five or whatever, you know, you work X hours, you get paid X hours, or you work for a certain salary that you have every year. But with passive income, you can create these businesses, you can invest time upfront first, so you can continually earn later without you actually having to put in time directly to earn that money back. I mean, the the, the way I say, it, and, and a lot of people were confused about this when I first started my site. You know, passive income. Well, you can build these things and you can step away from them forever. No, you have to. You know, you're going to have to upkeep them a little bit. You know, especially online wh- where it's forever changing. Uh, so, so you'll have to. You know upkeep them a little bit and and, and um, update things for for the times. But you can build businesses, and I've done several, that can earn money for you continually over time without you having to trade your time for it. For example, I have a number of sites. Uh, one of them in particular, the first one I started with is at greenexamacademy.com. It's a site I built to help people pass the uh, lead exam. It's an exam in the architecture industry, and I uh, created a study guide for this site. Okay. And so people people can come to the site, purchase a study guide. Uh, it's an ebook, purposely not a physical book because again, I'm trying to take myself away from the business as much as possible. So people can come to the site, buy a book, and once they hit the buy now button or submit their billing information, it gets sent to them automatically via email, uh, a link to go download that, and then money goes into my PayPal account. And I can make money 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year without me having to actually be there for a transaction to complete, uh, which is which is beautiful and it's awesome. And the best part about that is it allows you to spend your time otherwise, whether it's for building even more businesses, which is what I love to do as well, or also spend time with family or travel or whatever. And family is my most important thing. So I'm, I'm just very fortunate to have several of these types of passive income businesses set up in a way that allows me to be there for my kids and witness their first steps and you know I just had a a, a new daughter enter the family and uh, you know she's amazing and so I've been taking sort of a, a month off I guess you could say and just to spend time with her and, and my wife and be there and uh, you know the businesses have continued to run so that's the passive income part of it now the smart part is you know for me on my site what I do is I share a bunch of different ways that I, I try to generate an income online and the smart part about it is to try and approach it in a way where I'm going to fail less. I'm going to fail, of course, I failed several times, um, but you know, the, the idea is approaching it in a way that you know, uh, you've educated yourself as much as you can and you're putting things into action to decrease the amount of failure so you can have success. And what I do on my site is I share everything. I share the successes, the failures, everything, so that people who come to the site who are interested in what I do and who want to try to do something similar can uh, have 
a head start, you know, can probably do it much faster or more successful than I could because I've already gone through the failures and they can not do what I just did or do what I did even better. Um, that's not to say that everyone who does online business uh, or, or tries to create a passive income will succeed. I mean, I'm going to be honest up front. It's very difficult. It takes a long time. Uh, but the, the options and opportunities are out there. It takes a certain kind of person, a certain kind of dedication, someone who uh, will, will fa- always fall forward, will welcome failure when it comes and learn from their mistakes and keep moving forward, who, someone who will take risks, someone who will get uncomfortable sometimes. And, uh, you know, it takes, it takes that kind of entrepreneur to, to see this kind of success. And a lot of people are doing it, but also at the same time, a lot of people are trying and, and failing for various reasons. And um, as you can probably tell, those of you listening, I just had like literally a minute ago a cup of coffee. So I'm just on fire right now. And, um, you know, if you need to slow it down half time to hear what I say, I apologize. <laughs> hip, hip, the, uh, the minus 30 seconds, well, more like minute, minute and a half. Listen to that all, all that again and then come back to here. <laughs> but I'm glad you're on fire. Um, cool. <laughs> so that, yeah, I get that. I get what passive income is. I'm glad you're explaining what the smart part about it is because, I mean, to be honest, when someone says passive income, I already think that's a smart thing. You're just saying – you're just approaching it more strategically, more Correct. intelligently and trying to fa- – I, mean, I mean, that's a perfect way to put it is to fail fewer times, fail less or fail more often so you just get through the gauntlet quicker. Mm, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Great. For people out there who – okay, this, that's the first time they have ever heard that definition or have been introduced to that concept of passive income or smart passive income and they're already got wheels turning in their mind of, you know, I've got an idea for something that might become a passive income mon- you know, model for me. What would you suggest to them to test that or to try and initial – do initial steps to see if it's even a viable option? Yeah, well, the first thing I want to say is that you should absolutely test it or or try it out and don't be afraid to move forward. A lot of people have these amazing ideas, but they never act on it. They never take action. And that sucks because, you know, who knows how many amazing ideas out there who would have, you know, made people money or given them time and freedom to do whatever it is they want. Um, but they just didn't do it because they didn't they didn't take that risk or or they were too afraid to or they felt like they didn't have time or the money to start. And the thing before I say anything about that is, you know, you can make time for yourself to do that. You just have to really want it. And as far as the monetization uh, or, or, or you know, in money in investing in, into a business like this, it doesn't take very much at all because all it really takes is a little bit of time and, and, and some smarts like, like we were talking about earlier. But, you know, you're, we're not reaching out to angel investors here. We're not, um, you know, at least not, not the type of businesses that, that I do. I mean, the, the probably the most expensive thing I've created was my iPhone application company, you know, building iPhone apps as a source of passive income. That's one way to do it. And so we, my partner and I, that particular business, Business, we pay developers to create those programs and apps for us because we don't have any programming experience. And so we pay them between $500 to $6,000 depending on how complicated the app is. But that's that's the only investment. I mean, you hear about these startups and stuff and, and you know, companies getting seed funds for X amount of dollars, you know, millions of dollars. But then at the same time, they're giving away a lot of the portion of that company to those investors too. And that's something that also you don't have to do when you're building a business for yourself. So if you have an idea and you want to test it out, the first thing I'd actually do is see what else is out there that is that is similar to it. And a lot of times people will do that and they'll say, oh, 
there's this company out there and they're already doing exactly what I wanted to do. I'm just going to scrap this idea. And that's very common. I mean, I've, I've had that issue plenty of times. But, you know, that's actually a great sign that your business is a good idea. You know, you might not have been the first one to do it, but it's not always good to be the first one to come up with an idea because, you know, if, if, if you're the first one and you do it, you know, other people can come in and do it better or you may not have done it the way that it should have been. Uh, but when you see other competitors out there, uh, who have your idea or some similar version of it, uh, that's great because you know there's a market for it. And two, you can go out there, see what they're doing and see where what they're missing or see how it you know aligns with your idea and, and how you can take it to the next level and serve that market much better than what's already out there is doing. Um, and, 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 you know, there's just, I always use this example of the, the dry cleaners. Um, you know, there's, I think there's like 483 dry cleaners in San Diego. I mean, that's so many, but they each serve a different purpose. They each serve a different market. Um, and some people just go to one's more than others just because they like the people, the owners better. So, I mean, even though you have an idea that someone else already had, that's not a bad thing. So I, I definitely go out there and try it. There are other things you could do. I mean, there's a very there's this Tim Ferriss model of testing where you can build a site, you can promote that product or idea or whatever it is and have people, quote, pay for it or go through a payment process. But then at the end, say, sorry, we're out of this product or sorry, we're coming out very soon or, you know, we have we have yet to come out with this. But, you know. The purpose behind that is just to see how much interest there is in that particular product. So basically, you get people to the end of a sales funnel. At the end, you say, sorry, enter your name and email so that when you do come out with that product, you already have a list of buyers or customers. And the thing about that is, you know, how do you get people to come to the site without you know, people knowing about it. Well, um, if you have an audience and, uh, you know, everything is easier, easier if you have an audience already. Like, for example, when I launched my ebook for uh, greenexamacademy.com, my study guide, I had an audience already. You know, there were people visiting my site already. I was ranking really high in Google already. So it made it that much easier to earn an income with that particular product. And the first month I launched that product, I had earned $7,905.83. And a lot of people were like, how did you do that? And I'm like, well, I, I had over a year and a half built an audience. Wow. Well, what if, what if you don't have that audience? Then you might have to invest a little bit of money to like what Tim Ferriss does. And he, uh, I forget the exact examples he gives in his book, but he talks about someone who sells this particular kind of clothing or something like that. You have to pay for advertising a little bit. So you could target your particular audience on Facebook and see what the interest is like. And it won't cost very much, uh, you know, it, you know, depending on, on how the advertising is, you could spend anywhere between 50 cents or $1.50 per click. And then based on, you know, say you have 100 people coming to your site based on the interest and how many people go, how far in that sales funnel process, you can kind of determine, you know, how successful is that product going to be? And you can also see on your sales page, you know, where people are dropping off or where people might lose interest so you can improve that so that when you do come out with your product you'll have something that's much uh, much much better um, now if you do have an audience uh, one of the worst things you could do is just come out with a product and say here's my product go buy it you know you want to really kind of engage with your audience before you create anything because a lot of people will create products because they think that's what their audience wants and then when they sell it they don't sell very much or it's not as not as much as they thought they were going to and they, and they wonder why well your most important asset is your is your audience. So tap into them, ask them what their problems are, what their pains are, what they need help with, and create products around around that. I mean, you can you can simply ask them 
you know, if you have an email autoresponder, one thing I like to do in my autoresponder, which I picked up from Derek Halpern as well, uh, Derek Halpern from Social Triggers, he actually asks in his autoresponder, you know, what's what what are your problems? What can I help you with? Or what pains do you have uh, with marketing right now? Because he has a marketing blog and he gets direct answers just like I do for my particular subscribers about what kinds of things are on people's minds and those are things that you can create products out of and there's 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 no guessing involved whatsoever you can you know that those products uh you know if there's a number of people mentioning the same thing that that's going to be something that people are going to want i get this sense and i've and i get this sense not just from listening to you but also from hearing other people talk about you that not only is you doing what you do with smart passive income about you making money to be able to focus on your priority, which is your family. But you've got this innate sense of you just want to help people and serve people. Is that mm. right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, well, Pat, you have this successful site at Green Exam Academy. It was at one time making $30,000 a month. Why would you give everything away for free on Smart Passive Income? And I do. I, I give away all that information for free about how to build the site and everything I've done in all my businesses. I do that for free. Because that what what happened to me with Green Exam Academy that happened after I got laid off, which was one of the lowest points in my life. So I, I went from having a steady nine to five job in the architecture industry, something I thought was completely secure, getting called into my office, being told, "Pat, you're one of the youngest, smartest guys we have in the office. Uh, we have to let you go." And that didn't make any sense to me at all. Oh, like, man. why are those two things in the same sentence yeah. um, without the word "not" in there? Um, and and it just didn't make sense to me. So. From that point forward, I was like, you know, I got to always stay in control and, and and what are my options? So that's when I discovered online business and internet marketing. And I do have to give a shout out to my friends Jeremy and Jason from Internet Business Mastery who are the ones who inspired me to, to go online and truly changed my life uh, in the course of it. And and so my giving away all this information is my way of just, just spreading the possibilities because, you know, so many amazing things have happened since I've gone online from, you know, not only just earning this income, but realizing a lot of my dreams, you know, not even just staying home with my family, but checking a lot of things off on my bucket list, like public speaking and being invited to public speaking events or, you know, being an extra on a movie actually is a result of me being online as well, uh, which was always a lifelong dream. And, and, and so, so I know through experience that so many awesome things can happen if you put yourself out there online and, and you create something and you just, you know, try to develop a huge community that, you know, it, I just want other people to experience that too. I mean, the, uh, I, I get my most fulfillment from the thank yous that I get and that that's what I'm selfish about. You know, I, I love to collect thank you notes and thank you. Alert. I have a specific folder in my Gmail, uh, you know, business apps account where I drop in all the thank you notes that I get. I have a shoebox right here in front of my desk. I'm actually looking at it right now of handwritten letters that people have sent to me saying thank you for this. Or, you know, some people actually sent me their first dollar that they've earned uh, which which is awesome. And I love that. And that's how I know that I'm doing something right because I'm actually helping people and I'm changing people's lives. And the thing is, if that becomes your first priority, helping other people, then the money, the income, the uh, growth in your business, that'll all come naturally because what is business for anyways? I mean, it's not just to make money, but you're actually using business to help people improve their lives or give them entertainment or give them something that they don't have. And if you can do that, that's when the money comes in, the success, the growth, the publicity, everything comes in as a result of helping people. And, um, that, you know, it's just, it's just become some, you know, I, I've just always been a helpful person, I guess, you know, I'm, 
I don't know, that's just who I am. And it turns out that that's the best business model in the world is just helping people. Definitely. That's awesome. I, I mean, I love hearing you say that. I mean, that just rings true for myself and what I'm trying to do with this show as well. So mm-hmm. I know as far as priorities go then, I mean, you'd still say family, top of it. Of course. Is that what you'd say? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. And so then you is your home, office at home? My office is at home. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting in it right now. Great. How do you then approach this thing that is called work-life balance? Like how do you differentiate between your <laughs> office is at your home, so that's that's life. Although that that there's again, I don't fully love that phrasing to be honest, work-life balance because that's like saying that your work isn't part of your life. Right, And you're right, trying right. to balance between <laughs> I'm going to work now, but I'm not going to be living there. And then you yeah. get home and your work wasn't fulfilling. Like it's a, it's kind of a fallacy. So accepting that, <laughs> it's more yeah, like – I've never thought of it like that. That's you know. Funny. But anyway, work-life balance as most people use the terminology as I've, I've had to use like other terms that people don't – I don't personally like and other people don't personally like when it comes to productivity terms. But again, mm. work-life balance – you just did a recent episode on this of Smart Passive yeah. Income. So mm-hmm. that was really nice to kind of use that as a primer for what questions to ask. But I want to dig a little deeper. Sure. And in fact, let me start with the question that I always ask everybody, which is, in an ideal world, how do you begin your day? In an ideal world, I begin my day with my son calling for my name or daddy calling, it would be weird if he was like that, um, <laughs> calling me from his room to, for me to go and get him. That, and that's how every morning starts. You know, daddy, 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 daddy. Like he yells it because mm-hmm. his room's across the hall. And then I go get him. Then we have breakfast together. I let my wife sleep. And it, the schedule's been a little different now since my daughter's been born. Right. Um, but generally, it's the same thing. You know, my son wakes me up and I see him first thing in the morning. That's, that's my ideal life. Awesome. So then from that point where you're you're awake, your son's awake. How old is your son anyway? He's two and a half, but oh, wow. he, he, he pretends to be four or five sometimes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so then you're eating breakfast. Say when – at what point do you move from, okay, daddy's got to go to work in the house somewhere else? Well, it's interesting. You know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a business that allows me to, you know, just completely stay at home and not have to leave the home at all. Um, but work actually starts in the evening after the kids are asleep. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. This that's is the, even that's, more interesting than I thought. Yeah. I mean, I, I do when, when, you know, luckily my son's been really good. I mean, we're so blessed to have him because he's such a good sleeper and he sleeps the same time every day for and and doesn't wake up when he's sleeping it's it's great so i i know that at 1 p.m pacific he goes down for a nap and i have basically an hour or an hour and a half to do some kind of business which is right now uh, i'm recording this with you at yeah. 1 55 p.m uh when he's he's actually in the room next to me down for a nap and uh, that's when i can do these this type of stuff stuff i have to do in the afternoon because you know, other people are awake at this time uh, and that's when they work. Um, but, you know, most of my work is done between the hours of 8 p.m. and 2 p.m. or 8 p.m. and 2 a.m., uh, you know, 
uh, around midnight at night, um, and that's that that helps me. And I know this is this isn't definitely isn't for everyone, but that that's how I can more easily separate family time from work time because that was a big problem for me at first. Um, even before I I had the kids, really, you know, my wife and I would get into fights about you know me being in work time. I, was I working? Was I not working? You know, was she was she okay? Was it okay to you know come and chat with me and sit down, or was I focused? Like that that line was 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 not was not in place at all. So uh, it, it helped uh, you know to sit down and talk with her and, and and say, okay, these are this is what I'm going to work when I'm working. I really need to be focused on this, but when I'm not working, I'm going to be focused on family time. That was another issue too. Like sometimes I'd be with my family you know this is and i still struggle with this sometimes and i know all, all entrepreneurs struggle with this or most do i'll be in family time or non-work time but in my brain i'm still thinking about my business some uh, yeah. something about my business or or something and, and there's a lot of things you could do that makes that happen which we probably shouldn't do for example sometimes i'll go on my phone and check an email worst mistake in the world when you're not in work time because you know, some some of those emails are okay for just you know flipping through a second. Maybe you know I'm I'm just waiting in line somewhere and I'm flipping through through emails and th- they're just emails I can read and be done with. But some of them require a response or something, or, or some of them re- you know are maybe you know maybe something happened that needs immediate you know that that needs me to think about something and respond. Um, and then I can't not think about that after I read that email. But if I just put that down and didn't look at those emails until it was actually time to work, I would have probably been better off because then I know that I would have been with my family mentally as well as physically during that time. But also when I'm in work time and I get those types of emails, I can address those things right away. Um, So yeah, I mean, it was a big struggle, but I mean, it's nice to have a home office. It's nice to have the door to my office. And one other thing that I've done, uh, which has been helpful, is I've actually purchased a second computer, which is just for personal time only, because a lot of times when I was working, you know, I was getting distracted with Facebook and YouTube and I'd be like watching a video and 45 minutes later, I'd be like seven videos later. I would just waste all this time um, during my what was supposed to be work time in the evening. And so I, I caught myself Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That And, you know, it might sound funny and it might sound just like an excuse, but, you know, I bought another computer, a laptop that's only for personal stuff. I, I cannot do work stuff on that computer. 
and so, but again, with with the daughter in my life now, things have been meshed a little bit. <laughs> so, you know, this morning actually, my son slept a little bit longer than usual, and I and my daughter woke me up, and I woke her up and fed her, and then or my wife fed her and then handed her over to me, and then she was sleeping on my shoulder and I actually typed about ninety percent of a blog post with one hand. <laughs> and uh, and published it today actually so that was pretty fun uh, but I'm getting really good at the one-handed typing thing and I actually looked on on YouTube there's actually a thing called Frogpad which is a one-handed keyboard which I'm like halfway wanting to conquer I think that would be such an amazing skill to type with one hand just you know all the yeah there's just you see the guy type on 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 the Frogpad it's like super fast I'm like oh that'd be so awesome to do that and then maybe in the other hand have another frog pad and just like type two documents at one time. I don't know. But. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's ambi- That's way too ambitious for me <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I think I'm good when I can do a one-headed email response with my iPhone <laughs> in my one hand and holding my son or something. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So how do you – like say say you're in work mode and something comes up like an interruption from the – family side of things and you know you need you you realize okay it is a priority i do need to step in or step out whichever that mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. how do you get back into work mode well that's a great question i mean typically you want to just minimize the amount of uh interruptions and that that's uh, prevention i guess is the is with the term for it so you just you know make sure that whoever is there knows that you know when you're in work mode if, if something isn't an absolute emergency to just not interrupt you and so that that's been good um i again i work when my kids are asleep and they're pretty good sleepers so um they're not going to interrupt me which is good but you know those interruptions will come sometimes and, and if that's the case i think the hardest part about interruptions is not you know going away from your work and and figuring out what it is that you need to do outside of it but i, I think the hardest part is getting back into what you were doing before mm-hmm. and so what the first part about that is just remember Remembering exactly where you were. So if 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 I'm ever interrupted with anything, I usually say, okay, give me give me give me ten seconds. I'll I'll come up with a notepad or just you know I'll pull up my uh, my notes on on my Mac or whatever, and I'll just write exactly what I was doing. The thoughts, like the one or two thoughts that I had right before I was interrupted, just so I could remember where I where to go, where, you know where I left off. I think that's really important because you know some people spend minutes trying to remember where they were, or trying to get back into the to the pace that that they were in before they were interrupted, and that you know. Two or three minutes might not might not sound like a lot, but if you do this over time, it's going to add up to days, you know. Um, yeah. And and that's been really helpful for me. So just just people aren't going to remember everything always. So I always write down the few things right before I was interrupted, uh, when I'm interrupted, and then when I get back into it, I see those and I'm like, okay, that's where I was. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up, and you know, it might take a, a minute or two to get back into the rhythm, um, but I'm that much more ahead because I knew where I was before. That's that's great. That's a really good way to shoehorn your way back into regaining your your momentum and your your flow yeah it is and you know that's that's like the whole smart thing is you know it's these little types of tips that will take your business and your life a long way and it might be like no i mean i don't want to spend an extra 10 seconds doing this little thing but you know it's these little things that you do now that take effort and take discipline uh that will just take your like i said take your life to the next level or, or help you out so much more in the long run it do, it's like what i do in smart passive income i build businesses some of them take months a couple take years to do you're investing that much time so that things can help and pay you back later was the introduction of kids into your life what made you shift from say a a nine to five home work schedule or were you already doing that before uh, well, they came <laughs> before they came i was on like a nine to 12 like 
9 a.m. to 12 p.m. random, no schedule type of uh, work schedule. It was just like, okay, whenever I needed something to do, I go do it. And then whenever whenever something came up and I, you know, if we wanted to go to the grocery store, so I just go. And it, it was very flexible and lax and it sucked because, you know, again, my wife was confused about when I was working when I wasn't. So there was some, you know, miscommunication, uh, is some communication issues there. And even mentally I was, I wasn't where I should have been wherever I was. And so, you know, the kids actually helped. They, they helped me in, in a couple of ways. One, they helped me figure out a schedule, um, a, a schedule that works based on how I know I like to work and am the most productive. And two, how to be more productive because I have less, I work less than I do, than I did before, but I feel like I get more done because I'm more productive and more focused. I know that I have, uh, you know, although I don't know the specific number all the time because sleep is always, uh, you know, it's not always at the same exact hour, but you know, I have, I have less hours, but I'm more productive because I know I have less time, uh, overall. So I've just become super productive, super efficient. Um, I love little hacks and things like that to uh, become more efficient and, um, you know, like I'm, I kill it with Evernote and that, like all that whole thing, you know, I just, I just love figuring out ways to earn an extra minute during the day. So uh, you, you had a real shift there in terms of your boundaries and your expectation for yourself as well as in your relationships. Yeah. In that transition with the kids. That's one of those things is like, it's funny. I I mean, I felt like I was more free and able to do whatever when before we had my wife and I had kids, but I wasn't really spending my time very wisely. Now, yeah, I mean, it kind of imposes a structure on you that you kind of, once you figure out a way to do it, it, you actually become more set to be more productive, more. It's one of those things. I think Michael Hyatt was the one that said it when I interviewed him. He said, the things that are calendared or put on the calendar are the things that get done. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're kind of just in, in essence doing that. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Has there been any changes between kid one and two? Uh, well, kid two is still on a random, like, totally random schedule. I think, you know, work wise, I've been sort of taking time off. Uh, I was actually writing a book and I had to put that on hold just for a little bit because of, of baby number two. Um, and then as far as, uh, getting ahead on some of the projects I was working on, I've had to since delegate a lot of that work that I was going to do myself to, to virtual assistants, which is actually probably a good thing. Again, this is another uh, example of you know like another kid in your life making your life even more productive, um, which is interesting. But um, but yeah, I mean, we're, uh, she's finally starting to get on a schedule and allowing me to find more time during the day to work, and it's it's just you know I've I've has been, been even more obsessed with becoming more efficient, more productive since she came along. But I've also since uh, felt like internally and just personally that um, I have so much more to work for and so much more reason to kill it when I'm working it, but also to stay focused on my family when I am in family time and really enjoy that the time I have with them. I mean, my son grew up so fast. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and I know the same thing is going to happen with my daughter. And I want to make sure that I you know savor these moments and you know I'm taking a bazillion pictures. Um, if, if any of you are on Instagram, you would know that. I just love it. And so, they, they you know, it's, it's like twice as much inspiration for me you know, since the second kid came around. Yeah. Well, so the ebook, how were you doing that for a while? Was it an ebook? I forget. You uh, The the one that I was writing? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's going to be a, a book on the Kindle platform. You know, I've been okay. hearing a lot of amazing things and, you know, about how hot the Kindle platform was. A lot of people I know are doing it. And so I wanted to explore that. And so I was writing a book. I have about 25,000 words out of about 
probably aiming between forty and fifty thousand, and that's you know my my daughter actually I, w- I was planning to get that done before my daughter came. She was due at the end of September two thousand twelve, but she came at the beginning of September. So I I lost about two or three weeks of plan time that I was going to finish the book, but I knew that was that was probably going to happen because my son was born a month early too. So um, yeah, the book's been that in itself. I could talk a whole hour about. I mean, that's such a huge challenge. You know, I could write a blog post. You know, I could write a two thousand word blog post in, in four hours and just crank it out. But you know, for a while, I was just struggling to get a paragraph in that book because it's just, it just feels so different. It feels more, I don't know, official. And I'm like second guessing every word. Like, should that be the word I use? Or you know, it, it's just it's it's a huge internal challenge. But I'm I'm you know, it's I I feel like anytime I'm faced with these types of challenges that's how I know that when I go through them and I and I conquer them that it's going to be something amazing for my business and I know that when I finish this book it's going to it's going to do wonders for my brand and and um you know not only earn a little bit more income but you know get my name out there more and hopefully open up more opportunities for me yeah definitely i for one am really excited about getting that in my well kindle hands i guess um <laughs> well, speaking of you. which are are you a kindle geek I'm not a Kindle geek. My wife is, uh, but I am. Uh, I've just been getting to the to the Kindle stuff lately. I mean, I, I mostly read. To be honest, I don't dedicate a lot of free time to reading. Um, I do a lot of free time. I dedicate a lot of free time to my family. Uh, but when I do have that free time, I will read. Like you know, if I, on my phone, if I'm waiting in line or something, I'll I'll, use, I'll pull up the Kindle app. Yeah. On my phone. Um, lately, I've been reading a lot of books about presentations because I'm doing a lot of public speaking next year and I, I'm just trying to, to master that craft and I'm so far from mastering it but I'm enjoying the process and I'm trying to learn from the best so I have a lot of Nancy uh, Duarte books and um, you know Dale Carnegie type stuff on there right now great yeah I've been doing a lot of iPhone in my hand reading because I sold my Kindle to, to purchase the new one which will be here oh yeah week oh, the, the so. white paper or the new fire the paper white Oh, the paperweight. Yeah, yes. that's cool. Yeah, I just saw a commercial for that yesterday. It looks awesome. Yeah, looks good. I mean, I was pleased with what I had, which was the the Kindle Touch, but I just knew, you know, okay, this I want a crisper screen. I want a, a lighted screen that's not, you know, backlit and in my face like an iPad screen or anything. So, mm-hmm. but I'm surprisingly really loving reading on my iPhone, which I didn't think I was going to do, but apparently yeah, it works, I do, especially I love it for too. the pocket, you know? Yeah, I mean, I... uh. I don't know if I say this, but you know, I do a lot of my reading on uh, on can. All right, <laughs> with my phone. You it's went just, there. You know, yeah, I went there. You know, I I'm all about transparency and honesty, and I'm 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 going there. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I just wherever I can get an extra minute, I'll do. I'll read yeah. on my phone. Okay. Well, then, speaking of getting extra minutes, you and I are both involved with a few other people, like Cliff Ravenscraft and Michael Stelzner, and I'm forgetting his name. Um, Mark Mason. Mark Mason, yeah, from Mason. Um, and I'm forgetting somebody else too, and I'm sorry. But uh, we do Fitbit. Woohoo. And how are you fitting that in? Uh, are you just doing that when you're out and about with kids, like in the morning? or? Yeah, you know what? Like, I just bought my Fitbit. I know you talked about it in one of your recent episodes with uh, my yeah. Stelzner. But, you know, I just got mine maybe four days ago, and I'm, I'm loving it because of the whole competition aspect of it. Like, I'll. I'll 
I'll take extra stuff. You know, I'll, I'll make sure that when I'm, you know, holding my daughter, that I'm not just sitting there, but I'm walking around, you know, nice. uh, to, to get some to get some extra steps on you guys and, and and try to push you guys a little bit further. But you know, I'm loving it, and I am actually, you know, starting to go on the sort of like uh, midnight runs. You know, I'll take a break during work to go out on an 11 o'clock, 11:30 uh, p.m. run around the block a few times to get another workout in before uh, before the midnight hour, and um. Yeah, I'm kind of like I'm, your lunch hour. Yeah, yeah, it is. Second shift there. <laughs> it is. I mean, I'm loving it. I love the I love the competition aspect of it. I love how it kind of I mean, that's I think that's how you and I connected first is through through Fitbit. I mean, I knew about your podcast and yeah. stuff, but that that's where I saw your name the most uh, before chatting with you here today. So, it's really cool. I mean, I think anyone who is just looking to make sure that they force themselves to exercise at least a little bit, you know, pick up a Fitbit, just check how many steps you have and um, it's, it's, it's so much fun. <laughs> it really is. I mean, again, like I told Michael, I sit at my desk during the day and even at night and I'm thinking, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh, I got to figure out a way. What's my next break going to be? And where am I going to go walk to? What errand do I need to run so I can get more steps in? Or what can we do tonight? That's an activity that maybe we go on a walk or something, you know, different things like that. Mm-hmm. Aside from doing, I've been doing like 5K training for last couple months. So nice. I have some days where it's really high, and then other days where it's just below the average, which is fine. So, mm-hmm. and you know what? Like working out and exercising is so helpful for productivity mentally, and you're just staying focused. I I feel like 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 walking is 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 you know not much of a workout for me because I do I used to do a lot of P90X and insanity and those types of things. So, uh, but 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 when I started to Workout, um, I started to feel a huge boost in productivity and focus, and I I got a lot more work done. And I was actually more awake when I'm when I'm awake because of, of exercise. So I think you know uh, it's just it's just so it's it, your body needs this to to you know your your body just needs to exercise to to um, be able to function properly. Yeah, you know. Yeah, definitely. And I'm gonna have a, a friend of mine come on and talk all about the physical aspect of of stress and work and how that all relates to productivity sometime in the near future. So oh, that'd be a good I'm one. glad people are getting a little bit of a hint of that though in the meantime. So well then you're doing different things to do steps and things like that throughout your, your work day and obviously you're doing kind of more like a second shift as far as your main work time. I'm curious to see, and I know this has kind of been on hiatus, but how are you working out or plan to work out date night Thursdays? So my wife and I, we used to always go on these uh, date nights every Thursday, which I think is extremely important, especially with the kids or with the kid around. Uh, we, you know, When we had our son and only our son, uh, we would go on date nights every Thursday. We would drop off Kaoni, our son, to grandma and grandpa's house, and we would go on a date night. Again, very important. You know, you need that alone time with with your partner every once in a while, and and you know that was a good place for us not to, you know, not just to get away from the kid, but to talk about things that we couldn't talk about, or just be with each other for a while and, and hold each other's hands, which you can't do when the kids around, you know, things like that. Uh, but since the second baby's come, we definitely had not, we definitely don't have uh, the time to do a date night for now. So it's it is on uh, pause for now. And so when she gets a little older, at least when she starts to eat solid foods, uh, you know, I think then that's when we can 
have grandma and grandpa uh, try to watch two kids maybe and then we can go on a date night again or maybe just yeah. once a month at least. But I, again, I think it's really important to do that that type of thing. Um, you know, you hear all these stories about parents who have kids and then they don't have any time for each other anymore and they grow apart. Like that's the last thing I want to happen. Um, and, I, and I think since having kids, we, my wife and I have grown a lot closer together and I think the date nights have become uh, you know, very important for that. Yeah. Well, since you're not necessarily doing that right now, how do you kind of sub- do substitutionary, substitutionary type activities, uh, you know, with your wife since you're not necessarily going out on date night? Yeah, well, we'll, we'll you know, we'll go out during the day together as a family um, and, and just go out and hang out together. I mean, it's just nice to be around each other, yeah. even if the kids are there. But then also just engaging in conversation, bringing up different things. You know, a lot of times... You know, you'll see these couples who sit there at, uh, with their kids and they're not talking to each other. They're just so focused on the kids. Um, but, you know, I, I like to, my wife likes to also just talk about stuff, random stuff. You know, we'll bring up old memories. We'll talk about future plans and things like this. Stuff that stuff to get us excited about the future. Uh, we talk about our kids in, in front of them, but in, in good ways, in good ways. Um it just just talking. I mean, just talking can do so much. Just like exercise can do yeah. so much for focus. I mean, just talking and, and uh, communicating is so important to a relationship. And uh, we we've just been doing as much as we can when we're around each other. You know, when I'm when I'm not working, uh, you know, I'm always with with all of them. Um, I will say that also we have a sort of bonding time during the week now. Uh, now that it's September and the fall season, and some of the television shows have come out. Um, I'm not afraid to admit that we do watch Dancing with the Stars. It's one of you know my guilty pleasures, um, and actually one of my goals. What <laughs> of uh, my like far fetched, probably will never ever happen goals is to be on that show. That would be awesome. Now, would you um, be the star, or would you dance with a star? I would dance. I would. I would be the star, hopefully. <laughs> nice. And that's that's like one of the only reasons why I want to be a star. I don't want to be a celebrity. Like I don't want to go down the street and have people say, "Oh my gosh, Pat Flynn, can I have your autograph?" Like I'm not all about that. But I would do that if that means I could get a spot on Dancing with the Stars. Um, and my wife also uh, loves some of the the professional dancers on there, like Tristan. I don't know if any if any of you watch him, but she's like in love with that guy. And so I'm like, we always poke fun at each other and stuff. Um, but yeah, we follow it and it's fun. It's just our fun little bonding thing. I'm not afraid to admit that, but you know, it's something, another thing we could discuss during conversations like, Oh, who do you think is going kick, to get kicked off this week? And blah, blah, blah. I mean, I know there's, it's not necessarily the best TV out there, but you know, there's a lot worse things that we could watch. We don't watch Jersey shore or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, well, you're still spending quality time. Maybe even if people would debate about the quality of the television, there's no denying you're spending quality time with right. your spouse at that point. Absolutely. So Absolutely. That's perfect. It sounds like we've caught you in a very transitional, an ongoing transitional time in your you life. Have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm curious to see how when you first got started, you know, your own individual work, basically you got laid off. And from then till now, like what can you tell somebody are some of the roadblocks or some of the, hey, watch out for this. Or when I first got started, this was like one of the biggest problems I've had to overcome. Can you share some of those maybe pitfalls, roadblocks, um, weaknesses that maybe even you still struggle with? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, this is, this, all of this was not easy for me at all. And it was just, it's, I've been learning everything uh, along the way. And I just, I, you know, I didn't come into it knowing exactly what to do, but you kind of learn along the way. And I think, 
you know, th- there's a lot of things I could I could say when it comes to that question. I mean, the first thing, and, and luckily I haven't experienced this, but I know it's something that a lot of people experience. So I want to address it. You know, when when you start to work for yourself, it's really easy to get pulled back down by other people that are around you, whether it's family or friends who just don't believe in you or who you know try to put you down or don't think that that's the right thing to do. You know, probably the closest I got to that was my dad when I got laid off saying. You know, when he when he saw me doing starting to do this online business stuff, uh, he told me, you know, I think that you should probably go back to school. This would be a good time to go to school and get get your master's. And and then when the economy comes back, that's when you can kind of come back into the architecture industry with that much more experience and get a better pay. Right. And and I was like, no, I, I need to have I need to be in control of my own destiny. I want to be I want it to be so that if I fail, I want it to be because of my own faults. I don't want it to be because of anything I couldn't control. Yeah. Um, well, and, like you said, they they let you go and you were the young and smart and brightest and so that's no indication of being able to be in control anymore yeah absolutely i mean that that's why i was just disgusted uh, by, by that whole thing i know i know i'm not the only one to go through something like that um but you know a lot of people and a lot of people i've, I've spoken to have family or friends who who pull them down you know it's this whole crab in the crabs in the bucket effect you know if you put if you put a bucket of crabs in the middle of wherever and one starts to climb out, all the other crabs will pull that crab back down. And that's just, just that's just the way it goes. So you'll never see any crabs crawl out of that bucket. And 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 so the idea is to surround yourself with people as much as possible with uh, with people who who have goals that are in line with yours or who, or who can encourage you, whether they're uh, friends who, who uh, you know, believe in you or even other entrepreneurs who are doing something similar to you. So one of the most important things that I've uh, discovered was the mastermind group. And it was a mastermind group that actually got me to write an ebook. And it was direct advice from someone in a mastermind group to write an ebook about, you know, to, for my uh, audience on my uh, lead exam site. And that changed my life. It was, it was, again, a mastermind group that told me that I should turn that book into an audio guide. It was a mastermind group that told me that I should probably become more personal on the Smart Passive Income blog because I have a personality that people can connect to. And that changed the whole course of my blog, too. And again, so, so meeting with these people every week, which is what I do, actually, I'm not in that mastermind group anymore, the one I just told you about. Um, because they disbanded, people went their own ways. But I'm actually in two mastermind groups right now. Right now, one meets on Wednesday, uh, one meet or one meets on Monday at 9 a.m. Another one meets on on Wednesday at 9 a.m. And they're all online, so you don't even have to be with people in your local area or travel out of the house. You can talk on a conference call or go to meeting or anything like that. And I have to credit my mastermind groups with my success that without them I would not be where I'm at today it's just so good for motivation for advice and tips and, and accountability I mean there's there's nothing like it so that would be the first piece of advice I give you I, I want to give you just surround yourself with people and try to get into mastermind groups with people who have goals uh, or who have goals that are aligned with yours um, another pitfall for me or, or struggle with me was um, you know, hiring other people to help me with my business. I was such a guy when it comes to uh, my business, when it came to my business at first, I had to do everything. I had to do everything myself. I had to figure it out on my own if I didn't know how to do it. And I wasted so much time. I, I, don't, I don't know if it was pride or whatever you want to call it, but I wasted so much time because of it. And I remember, you know, especially with the technology aspect, and that's a whole, that's another struggle, you know, the technology part of doing business online. A lot of people, that's their hurdle, that's their brick wall, they don't ever get over it. But, you know, things are a lot easier today than they were back then to set up a site and things like that, uh, or to set up an e-commerce store, and, you know, there's plugins and things, and I'll do that for you. As far as pride and that whole thing, you know, I, I tried to do everything myself. At one time, I remember spending eight hours 
trying to figure out on WordPress how to move a little banner that was on the left side of my site to the right side. It took eight hours to figure that out. And if I just simply asked someone, even even some of my friends who who did web development, or if I went on a forum somewhere and just said, hey, I need some help with this, or if I even if I hired someone through Elance or Odesk, which I do all the time now for little jobs that I don't know how to do, I would get stuff done so much faster. Things would be much cleaner and much more professional looking than if I did them on my own. And that's why with my Afonet business, I always, you know, we always hire developers uh, who know what they're doing to do those things for us. I now have two. I have a. I have two VAs, one full time, one part time. My full time one, one does all the web development stuff for me. So anytime I need any changes on any websites that I own, I tell him what to do, and Mike he'll go ahead and do it and. Uh, he does a great job and I, uh, you know, I, I just, I don't want to do that stuff anymore. And so I'm happy to do that. And it took me a while to sort of get over not having total control over th- everything and, and, and sort of delegating some of the work that I wanted to do in my business to other people who knew how to do it better and faster than me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's one of the things I talked to Michael about was just what stuff were you willing to let go, even though it's something you maybe love to do or, or not love to do. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I know a lot of people are going to get a lot of help out of just hearing everything you've said, whether it's something you're an expert on or something you struggled with. And that's what's, you know, the beauty of talking with others just like this. It's kind of, it's kind of like I'm trying to help people surround themselves with others that, you know, are further down along the road. Yeah, I mean, this listening to podcasts like yours, Eric, is, is one way to do it too, and one way to stay motivated, one way to, uh, you know, just realize that we all started where you were too. You're where you are now, and, yeah. and you know, I it was it was four years ago that I had just gotten laid off, probably around this time actually. It's it's October now, yeah. So you know, exactly four years ago, I was I was I was laid off, and I was right where a lot of listeners are right now, or, or even behind that behind them. So and you've come a long way. I've come a long way. It wasn't easy. Uh, took a lot of um, time and and work and just. You know, I think what helped the most too is just I, I I loved the challenge. You know, I, I loved figuring thing. I love figuring things out, and I, I just I love what I do. I love what I do, and that that makes it not seem like work at all. That's awesome. Well, I would love for you to share any place you would love to tell you know have people go look at what you're doing, whether that's smart passive income, your website, or the podcast, or any of that stuff. Plug your stuff. Um, well, smartpassiveincome.com, of course, is the blog. Uh, I would love for you to come say hi to me on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash smartpassiveincome. I say hi to everyone there who, who says hi. Um, and, um, you know, it's a great community there. And, and yeah, that's all. So, so the blog or, or facebook.com slash smartpassiveincome. Great. Pat, thanks again. Thank you for having me, Eric. Yeah. I had a great time. Me too. Talk to you later. See you. Bye. Well, I just want to say thanks again to Pat Flynn for joining me this week. He, as well as myself and a few other interviewees from this show, are all speaking at New Media Expo in January. We'd love it if you'd come check it out at beyondthetodolist.com slash NMX and check out all the different sessions for bloggers, podcasters, and web content creators to learn how to take all your efforts in those areas to the next level as well as network with others who are interested in doing the same. I know I had a blast in New York City when it was back in June, and I hope to see you there. Again, to get your tickets and get more information, check out beyondthetodolist.com slash NMX. And again, if you found this episode helpful, please go to iTunes, give us a five-star review, and pass the show on on Facebook and Twitter. 
Till next episode, I'm Eric Fisher. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx. Find more great podcasts like How to Podcast, Clean Comedy, Once Upon a Time, Christian Worldview, and more at noodle.mx. Think, laugh, and succeed by subscribing to our podcasts at noodle.mx.